Bucks have. Tosh Myers here with Jared Blinder again today. No guests today, but um, today we're going to bring you the Where We Stand pod. Uh, we're going get to you, get you updated on all the leagues, all sports. Um, make sure you know what's going on in sports, where we stand. There's been a ton of movement. It seems like everything's, you know, there's a ton of there's a ton of news going around right now, Jerry. And um, and we're here to get you updated on where we stand. Um, but 2TV Sports has a big announcement to start off today. Uh, Jerry, you want to read, read, the, uh, read the announcement off? So happy to announce that 2TV Sports is hosting an NBA playoff tournament bracket challenge. Uh, if you go to our website, 2TVSports.com, you can click on the link below and register to compete against Tosh and I. Brackets open August 15th. And again, just click on that register button at 2TVSports.com. But without further ado, Tosh, we just had our first major event in the golf calendar, and I'm going to turn it over to you to lend your thoughts. Yeah, so big golf guy here. Watched pretty much every second of the PGA Championship, the first of the four majors at Harding Park in San Francisco. Of course, I've played many times. Uh, Colin Morikawa, he walked away with the victory uh, after eagling the 16th pole. Man, what a drive that was. Uh, driving the par four, getting an eagle on the third to last hole of the tournament. Uh, it was a, it was an insane tournament just because there were so many guys at the top of the leaderboard who were all um, competing. You had you know your well known guys like Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka. You had some other guys in there like Marikawa, Scotty Scheffler, um, just some random dudes up there too, which always makes it fun. But uh, I guess the more the more um, you know newsworthy topic here, Jerry. Let's get down to this uh, Brooks Kepka kind of nonsense. What were you uh, making of him chirping Dustin Johnson? All the talk him and DeChambeau have been getting into. Uh, what are your thoughts on Kepka? Yeah, that's actually pretty interesting because I know that uh, Brooks kind of has it out for Bryson. Uh, I've actually heard that a bunch of players on the tour don't really like Bryson and all his calculations, um, and so they're not the biggest fan of him. But I didn't know that uh, Brooks Kepka had it out for Dustin Johnson, and I saw I saw that Rory McIlroy was actually taken by surprise that Brooks would say something so pointed at, at DJ, and and it's it's also kind of off putting because DJ was in the lead, and I think uh, Brooks was just a little bit salty that. He he knew maybe he wasn't going to get that three-peat, um, even though even though he was in position on Saturday after moving day to maybe make a run on Sunday, but it just didn't happen for him. And then I also want to mention quick uh, how Tong Lee had a really good chance on Saturday to uh, to move move into better position for Sunday, but then uh, unfortunately hit it into a tree, had to re-tee, and uh, kind of fell apart there. Um, but but yeah, I don't really understand the. Uh, the Brooks comments, and I'm also kind of surprised that Dustin Johnson put out did not put out a better outing on Sunday. Yeah, well, I mean, you gotta love, I guess, Johnson and Hakong Lee. You gotta love the golfers who just kind of collapse when the moment gets big. I mean, that's one of my favorite things to watch. And I was not surprised that Dustin Johnson did that. I've seen it many times. I actually told my dad um, after he was leading on Saturday, I was like, all right, great. We get to watch Dustin Johnson collapse tomorrow. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, he did that. So, um, it was a good tournament though. And, and, uh, back to the Kepka thing. I'm, I'm actually a huge fan of Kepka. I think he brings some life to the game of golf. You know, he doesn't take it too seriously. And while a lot of guys like Rory, you know, don't like the smack talk and all the kind of fraternizing that he does i'm uh i, I kind of like it i think it brings some some life to the sport so um oh yeah I mean, he's great to uh to have out on the course 
uh, keeping it more lighthearted than most golfers and having a good time generally, which is why I was so surprised that he took that shot at Dustin Johnson. Also quickly, just wanted to say Matt Wolf is coming for everybody. If you haven't seen his uh, kickstart swing, it's, it's a thing of beauty and his outfits are, uh, are always flashy and pretty fun to, to look at. Um, and so I, I'm excited to see how his career unfolds. If we're talking about some young guys who are kind of towards the top of the leaderboard. Yeah. Matthew Wolf, 21, uh, was in contention all weekend. So that was a good weekend for him, but, uh, Jerry, next up in terms of majors, we've got the U.S. Open at Wingfoot, September 17th through 20th, and then the Masters, November 15th, or November 12th through the 15th. Who do you like uh, in these tournaments? You got anyone that you're eyeing? Uh, yeah, so firstly, uh, Wingfoot again in New York. I know the last year's tournament was at Beth Page Black. Um, New York puts on a great tournament, and so I'm really looking forward to, to another one there. As far as the field goes, I mean, golf is so up and down, and it could be anybody. But as far as who I hope to see score kind of high and shoot well, I, I want John Rahm to kind of break through. I've been kind of on him, and uh, he's, he's a Spaniard, and I, I'm partial to him, and I, hopefully uh, he doesn't have any more meltdowns out there. He's kind of one of those more emotional guys, um, and for him to break through, that would, that would be awesome to see. Yeah, I think Tiger, actually, he didn't score the best, but he that's the only reason – that he didn't score well is because he just couldn't put. And if he figures out how to put um, better, I know he had a new putter in the bag this week. I think he could be a major player. He's striking the ball pretty well. As as long as we're in the uh, golf section, we're mentioning Tiger. I think uh, we got to wait till he gets to the Masters at uh, November 12th, 15th. Not exactly sure how the course is going to play in the fall, but Tiger's always in contention in, at the Masters. So if anything, I'd be more excited to see how Tiger does. I mean, usually always, but of course I have a higher hopes for him at the Masters come November. So that's going to be nice with the, uh, yeah. with the lead changing. Yeah, and the Masters in November, I can get down to that. Um, going to be a fun one. But uh, on to the MLB. Season's a quarter of the way done. Uh, right now it's the A's, the Rockies, and the Cubs are the three uh, teams with the three best records in baseball. The Yankees have looked pretty good um, as well, along with the Dodgers. Um, Aaron Judge and uh, Fernando Tatis both have eight homers already this season. They're uh, leading the league in that category. Um, Jerry, I wanted to just talk to you about what uh, what surprised you from the season, your thoughts, what's good, what what's bad, um, your MLB thoughts. Sure, yeah. So, unfortunately, starting off, the Yankees are still good. They haven't imploded yet, and I don't see that happening anytime soon. Uh, I just wanted to mention the Marlins. Uh, had a whole replacement team after their COVID situation, and they still haven't been losing, so that's kind of weird. I don't expect that to continue, um, so I expect the Braves to eventually catch them. Uh, interesting to note, too, in the uh, NL, the Cubs have been outstanding this year, but their main crosstown, or not crosstown, their main rival, uh, the Cardinals, haven't played at all because of their COVID situation, and so I'm not really sure how that division is supposed to play out and where that leaves that rivalry. Um, and then again, I'm kind of just disappointed in the angels squandering all of Mike Trout's talent. Um, just another season that it doesn't look like they're going to be relevant, um, which is just too bad for the game of baseball. So I want to hand it over to you to address any of that, but then also leave you with, uh, and ask you what, why the A's are doing so well this year. Yeah. So first of all, when on the MLB preview pod, when you and Sam were talking up the angels, I was telling you guys that they were overrated and that you guys should not be sleeping on the A's and look what's happening. The A's are um, the best team in baseball right now. I think they've won nine in a row. That's the time we're recording this pod. And, and the reason the A's are good 
is because of their starting pitching and bullpen has been absolutely amazing this year. They have Frankie Montes and Jesus Lazardo. I picked Lazardo for Cy Young. He was my guy. Throws 97 from the left side. He's been amazing. Montes has been amazing. Bassett's been amazing. Another starting pitcher. Their pitching has just been unreal, like I predicted. Um, they've been as good as advertised. And, and, uh, and yeah, but some other teams I wanted to talk about. The Padres looking good as well. I think we both thought they'd be pretty good with Tatis and some of their young pitching. Um, Rockies have really surprised me. They've gotten off to a hot start. Looks like they're going to be challenging the Dodgers in that division. Um, and then, and then lastly, I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, your Red Sox. Oh, do we have to? Well, the thing is, is the trading Mookie Betts, I know everyone, you know, he's an insane player and, but just seeing what the Red Sox look like this year. I mean, with Mookie Betts, they weren't going to win the championship this year. They probably aren't going to win it next year. Like, might as well get some long-term pieces for Mookie Betts. Um, we'll see what happens with Verdugo and, and some of the other guys that they got. But looking no, at how bad they are, I don't... I besides don't just it. trading Mookie and the outrage for just trading Mookie, it's also a lack of what the Red Sox got back for him. I still despise the trade. Like, I wish it would never happen. And you're definitely right. We would not have competed for a World Series this year, even with Mookie Betts, or maybe even next year. But if you know you have that guy around for 10 more years, you know that you're going to have a future to build around. You know that Mookie's never going to collapse. He's never going to implode. Um, he's going to be your franchise guy, possibly even the next David Ortiz, um, dare I say. But, you know, I still hate the trade. I got to disagree with you on, on the Mookie situation up in Boston. I mean... As a Boston fan, obviously, you'd love to have him on the squad for the next Definitely. few years. But but I don't hate the idea of not giving him a 13-year deal when you guys probably won't be good for a few more years anyways. Um, and maybe getting some pieces you could fit more, you know, more long-term. Um, but one last thing I wanted to address with the, with the uh, Astros here is the Astros have looked horrible. So uh, Verlander's, bad. Yeah, Verlander's hurt. Altuve, Bregman, Springer can't hit. They're not. What's Altuve hitting? Like 177, like 180, something somewhere around yeah, there. Yeah, he, he's hitting in the 100. Yeah, you gotta wonder if it's just because they don't know what pitch is coming, or if they're cold. You know, we'll see. But definitely keep your eye on the Astros. Um, and, and moving over to hockey, Jerry, we've got another announcement. Um, you want you want to give the two TV sports audience uh, our hockey announcement? Yeah, so no surprise to anybody, you and I uh, don't know the ins and outs of hockey like the NFL or the NBA or even golf for that matter. And so I'm, I'm also thrilled to announce a new addition to our staff, a, a new hockey guy, Ted Carney. We're hoping to have a uh, little segment with him, maybe a hockey carnage with Carney. And uh, I'm looking forward to that as uh, the NHL seeding games just ended and he can give us kind of a look into what's going to happen in the playoffs. Um, I'm really excited for, for those hockey fans out there. Awesome. So we've got our... Our hockey correspondent here, ready to give to the TTV Sports crowd um, all the hockey coverage that you guys need. Um, I mean, yeah, like Jerry said, me and Jerry, not the biggest hockey guys. We'll get into a little playoff hockey when it happens, but uh, we need someone to bring you, you know, the real takes and, and bring you some nice insights. So there we go with that. Definitely. Um, but before we move on, just one quick thing is I, I am following a little bit, a little more casually. It's kind of like my baseball fandom. And, uh, the Bruins were absolutely on fire during the regular season. The restart really hurt them. They actually dropped down to the four seed after that round robin tournament. But uh, hopefully, uh, the boys in Boston can get the ship righted before uh, their deep playoff run this year. 
Yeah, well, we'll, we'll uh, stay posted on that um, as the playoffs start in hockey soon. Moving over to the NFL, uh, practices are starting uh, with teams getting tested, all the, all the good COVID precautions being taken, hopefully. We've had some guys opt out, a few guys on the pass, notable guys, Patrick Chung, um, and, and we'll see what happens with any other players. I mean, the opt-out deadline pass, but, you know, they're, they're, guys still may opt out. Um, Gary, this season's going to happen without a bubble. At least they're trying to. Do you think it's going to actually get played? So a lot to go over there. I'm going to start with, yes, the NFL will get played. They have too much money on the line to lose, and so I think they're going to push on with the games. The no bubble thing is going to cause a ton of positive tests, and I, I don't think they have a very good plan to deal with that. So whether the season finishes is kind of near, I'd say 50-50. But as far as week one, September, we're going to have football in our lives. So get your fantasy teams up and ready. It's going to be a fun fun month anyways, as long as that doesn't get shut down before October, November. Uh, but I do want to go back to the Pats since you uh, mentioned my favorite team there. Yeah, Patrick Chung, you mentioned opted out. And then our biggest opt out was Dante Hightower, a middle linebacker, uh, the coordinator of the defense, really. Um, and so that's actually a huge loss at linebacker just because um, Kyle Van Noy is down in uh, Miami and also Landon Roberts departed. And so we actually don't have that much depth at the uh, linebacker position. Um, and then with Patrick Chung opting out, I hope that uh, Jonathan Jones and JC Jackson can step it up as well as uh, we have the best cornerback in the league, Stephon Gilmore, locking down our secondary. So that doesn't hurt with the, uh, the McCordy brothers back there as well. So uh, it's a big loss for the Pats. But that being said, I still, I still like our chances with the division. Yeah, uh, Pats, you know, they've a lot of roster turnover there, but they've got the best coach, so we'll see what happens. Um, I do think the, the season will happen this year. The The only thing that worries me is the, you know, within the team COVID spreading. I think, uh, you know, you look at the MLB and it's spread from, you know, within their teams a lot. I think the ML, NFL could be even worse for that just because they're going to be uh, – you know, coming in much closer contact than baseball. I mean, there's so many people between the players and the staff that have to make football happen. And football is not one of those sports where you can really distance. Like, you have to be talking to guys, either coaching them or next to them on the field. And it's kind of impossible to be that far away from them um, to have, like, any resemblance of football without it being flag football. Yeah, but I do think the one good thing is that they only have to travel, you know, eight weeks the whole season. Um, plus that it seems like the NFL guys, you know, they're, they're most likely not going to be going out and doing as much stuff as the MLB guys. You saw um, that police set guy on the, on the Indians the other day, just literally after he started, just went out in Chicago that night with his buddies. Like, I don't know what the hell he's doing. Um, but I think in the NFL, this might happen a little less just because the practices are so intense and, and, um, it just seems like NFL players during the season kind of bunker down a little bit more. Um, so hopefully it can all get worked out. I think we both think it'll happen. So um, what are you most looking forward to for this NFL season, Gary? Uh, the addition of Cam Newton, if I can just plug my Patriots once again. <laughs> yeah. uh, but besides the, besides the new Bucks offense, which I think you're very down on and I'm more high on because I'm a big Brady guy and you love to hate on Brady, even though you have to acknowledge his greatness, but I like his targets, you know, Evans, Godwin. Um, I, that's going to be fun to see what they can do in the NFC. And then obviously the chiefs offense, if anybody can slow them down, that's going to be going to be a storyline. I don't know if they can. Patrick Mahomes is a, a different kind of guy. 
Yeah, I'm super excited for fantasy football. I mean, talk about a lot of time to talk trades with your buddies and stuff. It's going to be an insane fantasy football season. First pick CMC. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I think he'll be the first one, even though with a new quarterback and system, I think you, you got to go with him. He's such a talent. Um, all right, moving over to college football, and uh, we'll touch on basketball a little bit here too. Um, you know, Big Ten's looking like they might not play. Uh, that would be a big loss. Uh, there's a lot of other schools that are kind of on the verge. Some are saying they're going to play. So, you know, it's a not really any organized effort here. Um, Jerry, how do you think this is all going to shake down? I mean, I don't even know how you can have an NCAA college season. Um, let me just start out there. Like, you have between 18-year-olds and usually 22 or 23-year-olds there who are not, let's face it, the most responsible, not to mention they're on a campus with other students interacting with other people. You can't control that environment. Um, there's going to be traveling, even though they said they'd do mostly conference play. Um, and I know some of the commissioners were looking at moving it to the spring or canceling the season, but then it's like you still have to give those players their year of eligibility. Like, you can't just take that away from them. It's not like they played. Um, I think it's pretty dangerous to have football with all this going on. Like, could you, like if tomorrow you opened up the SEC for play, an Alabama game, you'd have over 70,000 people. And, like, you can't, you can't do that. Like, the fans down south are not going to be missing the uh, NCAA season. So I think they kind of have to cancel it. Um, I know that the Pac-12 players were coming up with demands on that they wanted to play, but they had demands for the NCAA. And then I actually saw that some players from the ACC were reaching out to players from the Pac-12 to uh, kind of work on maybe forming almost like a players' union. Uh, to have better representation. Yeah, so that that whole thing is definitely going to be a factor with the with the athletes kind of coming out and and asking for like fifty percent of profit splits among players evenly. Like that type of stuff is going to be hard to negotiate. I do think though that with the season, um, if they have it with all the necessary testing and all that, I do think it might actually be safer for the for the kids to play than not play. Cause if they're not playing, they're just going to be out. They're going to be doing whatever they want. Um, with, with the plan, to play, they're going to be tested consistently. So I don't think it's honestly more unsafe. I just think it's bad optics to make people who aren't getting paid, uh, come do something. But at the same time, I mean, it's kind of bad optics already that they're not getting paid. Uh, I just think college football ain't happening. Um, it's just not going to happen. The optics are too bad. There's too many different people wanting different things. And it's just, I don't think it's going to happen. And I don't think it's going to happen in the spring either for people to say that like by springtime COVID's going to be over and we're going to be able to be playing sports again, I think is a little bit too optimistic as well. Um, yeah. To build on that, like I so, agree. I don't think we're going to have, or at least that we should have NCAA football this year. Um, but I kind of want to address that what you said about the player safety. I think it really just depends on the program. We know that in college football, the coaches are driven to win. And so they're not always the best when it comes to morality. Um, and then just to finish up quickly, if the players are able to form some sort of union or come to some sort of revenue sharing, gosh, we get, uh, NCAA football back in our lives finally. And I think, uh, that's a win for everybody. Yeah, that would be, that would be fun. Um, touching on one more thing too, about the basketball, which isn't really talked about. I mean, they are supposed to start practicing in two weeks here. Um, March Madness makes a ton of money, and that's one of our favorite events. Um, and it looks like they're not going to be able to practice. So I think March Madness might be up in the air. I don't think things have. I think things have only gotten worse since March Madness last year was canceled. 
Uh, looks like that might be canceled. Don't want to be Debbie Downer here, but uh, looks like things haven't gotten better since they canceled March Madness. I don't know why they're not going to just cancel this yeah. football season and potentially the basketball season too. Yeah, definitely. Like you hit all the good points there. I just think that you have a little bit more time with basketball. You could start it and shorten the season. I don't. I mean, without the vaccine or herd immunity, like you can't play all the traveling sports that college is so famous for. Um, and so it's going to be really hard to have that season, but I think they do still have a little bit of time. I don't think it's feasible for them to do a bubble like the NBA. And so, yeah, it's looking like they're going to cancel that season as well. Um, Cause you hit the nail on the head, like the seasons or the conditions aren't getting better to return to play. Um, and that's unfortunate, but hopefully when it's safe, we can, we can get that back. But moving from college ball to the NBA, there is a, a lot to talk about. The playoffs are starting soon. The Blazers, you predicted, were going to get hot and make a run, and they're looking pretty good. So let's let's start with Dame and them boys. Yeah, Dame's looking really good. I'm loving the, uh, you know, he's kind of an old school guy. He's getting in arguments with other players. He's not buddy buddy with the guys chirping him on the bench. I can respect that. Um, love Dame. I think they are are going to give the Lakers a little bit of run for their money. The Lakers have looked horrible. Wait, yeah, I wanted to um, talk about that because the Lakers don't have anybody to guard. Dame and CJ on the perimeter. Like they lost Avery Bradley, who was arguably their best defensive guard. Um, and so that's a huge loss for them. They look out of rhythm. When LeBron's off the floor, they have no rhythm. Um, and then like AD gets into foul trouble like here and there. And I like, I am not, I'm pretty worried about the Lakers. I'm not too high on them right now. Yeah, I think the Lakers are in big trouble. I mean, you've got LeBron who is LeBron, but he's also, when he has to guard guys on defense, he's not the same player offensively. Davis, while he has some insane nights, other nights you'll look at the box where he puts up eight points. I think Nurkic could do a decent job on Davis. Um, and then and then besides those two, you've got a ton of guys who really should not be playing major minutes. I mean, who's their third best player? Danny Green or Kuzma? Both guys, I think, should be playing under like 20 minutes. Neither guy's very good. Um, you've got Contavious Caldwell-Pope, another guy. The Lakers are in trouble. Well, also, um, yeah, and also the Blazers have Nurkic and Whiteside to throw Anthony Davis down low. And, like, if you have two guys that are pretty much of similar talent that you can throw at AD to have extra fouls or room to play with and so one guy doesn't get into foul trouble, um, I think that's a huge advantage for the Blazers. And I think, like, honestly, I can't remember a better potential 1-8 seed if uh, the Blazers get by the Grizzlies, which it's looking more and more likely as the Grizzlies aren't doing so well. And so that 1-8, I think instead of being like a four or five game series, could go six or seven. Like that's not an easy out. Well, I think it's going to be a great 8-9 series. I'm really hoping this happens is another surprise team, the Phoenix Suns uh, versus the Trailblazers in that 8-9 matchup. D-Books look super nice. It looks like they have a future. Yeah, they're on fire. Um, I'd like to see them play the... They are, and I'd like to see them play the Trailblazers for that 8-9. That, that game would be electric, um, potentially two games. Yeah, so we're down and, to, what, three games left about per team, and so they have very limited time to for the both the Grizzlies to fall out and the Suns to catch them, but they're within striking distance. They're within that one game, and so if they can keep winning and the Grizzlies keep losing, yeah, the Suns could somehow, of all teams, sneak into that eight seed. Um, them versus the Blazers yeah. is, a, is a kind of a toss-up. I don't know I don't know who I like in that one, but I haven't... Uh, I haven't thought about that potential matchup. Yeah, I, I really like that matchup. If it happens, I think I, I take the Blazers. Um, but but if the Suns know, are coming know. in winning eight straight games with their back against the wall in every single game, and they have all the rhythm. Um, I don't know. Like that that's tough. True, to they, need, they need to win two. They they do need right, to win two right. if they're the nine seed. But 
Um, still, still some stuff to get shaken down in the Western Conference. Moving over to the East. I want to ask you about the East. Your boy Giannis on the Bucks. he's always in foul trouble. And then if he fouls out, the Bucks are uh, pretty limited offensively. So what is your uh, take on the favorites in the East? Yeah, so the Bucks have not looked great. Um, they're still trying to work some stuff out. They're getting some guys back from COVID. Uh, I think they'll be fine. Uh, they've got, you know, the first round or two to, to work some things out before they get to the conference finals. Um, Giannis, he's, I mean, he, that man goes hard. That's why he's always in foul trouble trying to protect the rim. Uh, he just needs to be smart, especially, uh, once they get deep into the playoffs, but, uh, the Raptors, man, they've looked really good They're They've just got so many quality players as I wrote about in our playoff preview, uh, the Raptors edition on 2dvsports.com. So many quality players. They've looked really good. Um, Jerry, do you still think the Bucks are the favorite in the East? I know I do, but do you? No, that's a great question because I was going to bring that up. I do think that the Bucks are the favorites in the East, but by a much slimmer margin than when the bubble came back. Um, the Raptors look like they've gelled really, really nicely as a team. Um, they don't have like one deficiency. You were right. Like They're a little bit better than I thought they were in our uh, NBA return preview. Um, they're firing on all cylinders, and I think the East is more wide open than than we think, especially if the Bucks can't get their rhythm going. Um, that being said, gotta plug my Celtics here. Gordon Hayward has come out like a bat out of hell. Like that guy looks awesome, giving the Celtics twenty five plus a night. Um, now that he's not injured anymore, coming back from that horrific leg injury, finally healed up, and and he also broke his hand earlier, um, and so it looks like he's finally in his rhythm, Tatum's out of his funk. Like he, he can go for 30 any night. Um, and then the Celtics are finally starting to play Kemba more, which is a great sign. So they can have some team chemistry. Um, and if you allow me the floor here, we, it's looking like we're going to have a three, six matchup versus the Sixers first. I know Ben Simmons went down. I really like the Celtics chances before Ben Simmons went down. And now I don't see the Sixers being a problem for the Celtics in any way. Their team chemistry is a mess. Um, and then also they have, some contract issues going forward. And I'm, I'm a fan of that because I don't want the Sixers to do well at all. Um, but I don't see the Celtics having any problem in the first round. And I see them advancing to either play the Raptors. Or I guess, yeah, what would be the Raptors is a two, three matchup. And uh, that would be a fun one. Yeah. I think the Celtics without um, playing the Sixers without Ben Simmons, that is favorable matchup for them. They'd probably win that, but then I think they get smoked by the Raptors. I think the East is really Bucks and Raptors. Um, Heat, potentially. I like the Heat if they get to play the the Celtics. I think they'd be able to beat the Celtics. Yeah, so I wanted Um, to talk about that, too, because the Heat have looked really, really good as well. Um, With Bam and Jimmy Butler leading the charge for them, they look like a team who knows exactly what their identity is. And I think in any playoff series that they're in, they're not going to be an easy out, which brings me to their potential first-round matchup with the Pacers. T.J. Warren has been Michael Jordan in this bubble. Absolutely insane. Let me give you his last five-game point totals, starting with the 53-point game versus the aforementioned Philadelphia 76ers. Then he put up 34 against the Wizards, 32 against the Magic, then 16 against the Suns. You know, he took a night off. Suns are on a hot streak. They have to happen at some point. And then he put up 39 against the Lakers. I mean, this 4-5 between Jimmy Butler and TJ Warren, who absolutely despise each other, is going to be, I think, one of the most intense matchups of the first round. And that, like, I want to watch every single game. I hope it goes 7. And honestly, I think it might go 7. 
I like the Heat in that one. The Heat's defense is really good. When I mean, you can throw a lineup out there with Bam, Iguodala, Jimmy Butler, uh, Jay Crowder, Kendrick Nunn, Derek Jones. Like they've got so many guys who are good defenders. Uh, I I like them in a playoff series, uh, especially in the first round. I think they're the third best team in the East. Um, but Jerry, anything else on the NBA? We'll we'll get a whole NBA preview pod when the playoff seeds are set. Get you guys ready for that yeah. playoff tournament bracket. Um, but anything else, real quick, on the NBA? Can't wait for that preview. I did want to ask you about the Rockets and what you make of their team and their chances. So. I really like the Rockets when they had Chris Paul, um, but that trade for Russell Westbrook, I think might go down as the worst trade this off season. I think they've got a shot against the Lakers um, just because when you put so many, you know, small guys on the court against the Lakers, they just don't have the bodies to cover them. So I give them a, a small shot in that series. If they stay at the four seed, which I think they're going to try to do because they want to play the Lakers in the second round. Right. Um, you know, I think that they'll they'll get a game or two. Uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, if they're shooting well from three, you can't really count them out. Just against the Clippers, I don't think they stand a shot because Kawhi and Paul George can D up their wings, and the just the overall depth of the Clippers, I think, is is you know will get the Rockets there. But uh, against the Lakers in round two, would not shock me if they won a few games and if they get hot from three. Yeah, my will be a threat. My short inversion without uh, revealing too much on my playoff brackets, I think the Rockets can be anybody on any given night. And it really just, they go with the three, as we know. But Harden, I'm liking him in the bubble. He's looked really good. Also, quickly, Luka has been absolutely insane. Like, this guy's on a whole other level. But they would potentially have a really bad matchup for them, that 2-7. The Clippers have their number. Um, but I'm going to save that, that matchup for our basketball preview pod. Um, but before we get out of here, uh, 2TVSports.com. Go check out that basketball tournament. We want you to participate, compete against us. Hopefully not win, because what Tiger Tosh or I are going to win this thing. Uh, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram for it. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, really looking forward to that. Um, and as always, as Jerry said, check out our pod, uh, past pods. Check out our work online, 2TVSports.com. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. And for now, 2TV Sports, signing off the mic.